There we go. Thanks, Adrian. That was great. I don't know who's been using that. For last It's great to be back here tonight. This morning I was in Ebden Bridge with Corinne and Simon um, and we took a service over there and it's a real honour and privilege to represent Sunbridge Road Mission. I haven't been here that long but it is my home and it's a real pleasure to say that we're from Sunbridge and I want you to know that you were represented well today I think. I thought Corinne did a great job, we had a great service and it's great to know that we can go and support other churches, churches that are smaller, churches that seem to be struggling. It's great that we're in a position to be able to do that. So keep Ebden Bridge Church in prayer. Slack Top, that's the name of it, isn't it? Slack Top Church. Let me um, start with a reading first, and then we'll go from there. So we're in Judges 10 this week. I... It's only 18 verses, so we're going for it. I keep my eye on time. <laughs> Here we go, this is God's word. After Abimelech, there rose to save Israel Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Dodo, a man of Issachar, and he dwelt in Shemir in the mountains of Ephraim. He judged Israel 23 years, and he died and he was buried in Shemir. After him rose Jah, a Gileadite, and he judged Israel 22 years. Now, he had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys. They also had 30 towns, which they called over Jah, and on this day which are in the land of Gilead. And he died and was buried in Cayman. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served their Baals and their Ashtoreths, the gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of people of Ammon and the gods of Philistines. And they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. So the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines, to the hands of the people of Ammon. From the year they harassed and oppressed the children of Israel for 18 years, and all the children of Israel who were on the other side of the Jordan in the land of the Amorites in Gilead. Moreover, the people of Ammon crossed over the Jordan to fight against Judah, also against Benjamin, and also against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was severely distressed. And the children of, the, of Israel cried out, to the Lord saying we have sinned against you because you have because we have both forsaken our God and served the Baals so the Lord said to the children of Israel did I not deliver you from Egypt and for the Amorites and from the people of Ammon and from the Philistines and from the Sidians and from the Amalekites and the Moenites oppressed you and you cried out to me and I delivered you from their hand 
Yet you have forsaken me, and you have served other gods. Therefore I will deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen, and let them deliver you in your time of distress. Then the children of Israel said to the Lord, We have sinned. Do to us what it seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. I, never, I didn't realise that before, but I like that conditional bargaining. Do whatever you want to do, but make sure it's all right for us. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord, and his soul was no longer endure the misery of Israel. Then the people of Ammon gathered together and encamped Gilead, and the children of Israel assembled together and encamped at Mithpha. And the people, the leaders of Gilead, said to one another, Who is this man who will begin the fight against the people of Ammon? He shall be head all of, over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless this. Bless this word to our body. Lord, teach us. Lord, you've left your word, your holy scripture, your book to guide us, to keep us right, to inspire us, to set us free, to give us life. And Lord, we come tonight and we turn to your book to once again do that. So Lord, bless us as we're going to this uh, meeting. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Last week we heard how Abimelech rose up and took over Israel. He used the money that came from worshipping Baals through murder, deceit. Israel fell into a terrible plight again. It came under the wrong leadership, wrong, wrong rule. It came under a leader that oppressed them, not God's choosing. Abimelech's been murdered. God restored Israel once again. And that's where we pick up that story tonight. But it's not good reading again, is it? What this passage tells us is that Israel has got this rugged determination to turn its back on God. To continue doing what's right in their own eyes. And God's turned them over to the desires. That's just not Israel's problem. That's humanity's problem. When we read this, we should see ourselves there living this life it's a reflection of humanity and it's a reflection of our personal stories and we're going to compare a little bit of how this looks against humanity from Paul's book of Romans as well but this also tells us of a tale of a saviour you get some people who say you should only read the Old Testament in context of its own Old Testament and read it where it's in. Well, I'm a born again Christian and I can't look back at it without seeing Jesus. I don't know how to. I don't know how to read scripture without seeing Jesus everywhere. 
And if you're not a Christian tonight, you're going to get Jesus. And if you are, we should have expected that already. That's what you're going to get, Jesus. And we're going to see how Jesus is reflected in this passage. How God has beautifully woven his plans for the future of humanity through his son. So let's get to it. I've just got some water here. In verse 1, as we've seen, Abimelech died, trust destruction of Israel. It's in a mess, but through God's grace and mercy, he raises up two judges, and Israel saved once again. For we have Tola, who's a descendant from Issachar. Is a cow with the fifth son of Jacob and Lee, one of the original tribes of Israel. And the name is cow means reward or recompense. Like God's reward to Israel is I'm going to save you. This is your reward and your recompense. Not something that you've earned, but this is what I'm going to give you, a saviour. And through him, God would reward Israel with Tola. A good judge who ruled for 23 years. But once again, this judge was a foreshadowing of what's going to come in Christ. You see, Tola means blood or scarlet. And it's upon Jesus' blood that our reward will be given. Through turning its back on God, God says, I'm going to reward you with blood. This is how I'm going to save you and redeem you. Your new judge is going to be called blood. What a beautiful foreshadow and a picture of what's to come. That our reward, our recompense, is the blood of the Saviour. How is he going to restore us with the blood of the Saviour? That will be the answer for the sins, for the world, sins of the world. It's going to be the answer for Israel. In fact, the only way to deal with sin and disobedience is blood. We know that in the time of the Jews then. And now they believe that only the shedding of blood of animals can cover sin. Can partish, just cover it so God don't see it. We believe that Christ's blood doesn't cover it but takes it away. God remembers no more. It's only through blood that God can redeem and restore and put you back on right track. There's no other way but Jesus. I'd have been worried me if I were in that time and God raised the judge called blood. I'd have been like, something here there's something really here we've got to kill animals and sacrifice them as judges called blood 
Our reward is God's provision to deal with sin. And how does he do that? It provides saviour after saviour after saviour until the ultimate saviour in Jesus Christ. He raises Tola, a great man, who brings peace to Israel for 23 years. And whether it's a judge, the ram for Abraham, or Jesus, God always provides. Then after him we get Jah, who for another 22 years there's peace in this land. And what comes after the sacrifice, what comes after the blood? Well, the glory. His name means the shining one, the shining. That's what comes off of the glory, is what shines, the shining one. We know that Jesus' blood and sacrifice had to come first to make way for him to shine, to be glorified. Once again, we get this picture here of what God's going to do in the future. The ultimate saviour, the ultimate judge will have to shed blood first. But after that, boy, will he shine. Will he shine. And he shines now. I wonder what picture we have of Jesus in our mind. Because the Jesus all blooded on the cross is not the Jesus of today. Jesus of today is in full glory and shining. Sat at the right hand of the Father, ruling all his kingdom. He is no longer the lamb that was slain. But it's the shining lion tribe of Judah. He is the one that sits there in all his glory. And God shows us this picture. This is how I'm going to deal with Israel. This is how I'm going to deal with humanity. God's MO does not change. It works like this. You do wrong, you repent, I'll save you. You do wrong, repent, I'll save you. Always the same. God is consistent in his MO. But then it doesn't end good. Because after he dies, the Israelites fall again once into rebellion, evil actions, rejection of the one true God. In verse 6, Man, did you read that full list of how many gods they started worshipping? Like, they were, they were, they've gone from one to thousands. They've just, like, picked up anything. As, as long as it's not Yahweh, the one true God, we're worshipping. We don't care what it is. As long as it's not him, we're picking him up and worshipping. They worship the gods of everybody. They've gone from the one true God. Like, it seems like overnight. He's died, they've turned. I'm not sure if that's actually how it happened, but it reads like that, like they've just gone, we've got no judge, we've got no one to lead us. Well, we'll worship the one true, we'll worship anything but the one true God. And how many times do the Israelites continuously get delivered from doing even, evil? It's like a broken record. But then again, how many times do we carry on sinning? Yeah. 
and have to be redeemed. That's the story of Israel, of my Christian life, and of the church. You see, although the church has been at the centre of some of the greatest humanitarian works, from abolishing slavery to rights for children, poor, women, education, NHS, prison reforms, Unfortunately, it's got blood on its, on its hands for atrocities. Slavery, persecution, wars, witch hunts, all in the name of the Lord. And we can't look back on Israel without looking back on the church, on ourselves. That's unfair. I don't like it when people look back in Bible and point finger and laugh. Uh, no, 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 let's point finger at you and laugh. Say, so you won't like get. Because this is a picture of the church and us. How many times has my sin brought the Lord's name into disrepute? And I've had to fall to my knees and say, Lord, I've worshipped every other God. Brought your name into disrepute. Will you save me? Do what's best for me, but as long as you get me out of this scrap, Lord, I ain't going to do it again. Promise you I ain't going to do it again. Man, my life's like a broken record sometimes. But what's God's MO? You come and repent, I'll save you. Verse 7 says, Because they were worshipping other gods, he hands them into the hands of the Philistines and the Ammonites. And they were crushed and oppressed for 18 years. You want to worship something. It, I don't, it, in my other Bible it says God sold them into the hands of the Philistines. It says, you want to do that? I'm going to hand you over to it properly. It's just got full control over you. It's the same language that Paul picks up in Romans. When it says... That although they knew God, they chose to reject him, follow the desires of the flesh. So God handed them over to their own desires. It's the exact same language. Like you don't want to go my way, you want to go somewhere else, I'll give you totally. I'll take away my grace from that and let me see how you get on. We know what happens in case of humanity. We've got on really bad. And so did Israel. And God, and it's spoken in a way that these things have powers over us, that they are powers, that you want to, you're under that dominion. You're under the powers of the thing that you worship now. And the things that they worshipped ended up oppressing them. The things that they worship ended up crushing them. Do you not know that everything you worship except for Jesus Christ will ultimately crush you and oppress you? If you're not worshipping Jesus, then you're worshipping your own oppressor. If you're not worshipping Jesus, you're worshipping your own oppressor. The thing that loves you 
the sorry, the thing that you love will crush you. Why? Because it cannot love you back. Only Jesus Christ can love you back truly, perfectly, and purely. Because love in its truest sense is God's love is sacrificial, perfect, and holy. And it does not oppress. It illuminates and lifts up. If you start to worship something, it'll oppress you. And the thing that oppresses you is the thing that you worship more. I can speak that from my own experience. What you worship will enslave you, and what enslaves you, you will worship. I've lived that life. I don't need to go through it all again. Everyone knows my story. But even now, there's too many things I worship in my life that I wish that I didn't. And they might seem funny and stupid and and crazy, but, you know, my food, my routine, my independence, my, my closing off from communities, my self-reliance. Yeah, I'll do something for you, but it's got to work around my time because my time's precious. And then I'm oppressed by that. I can only do things in a certain time. I get, I'm like, Lord, just take this stuff away from me because the things that I worship in my life is not you and them things that are oppressing me. Lord, I know I've worshipped other things, but please... Do what's right in your eyes, but as long as it works for me. That always seems to be my prayer. I never noticed that before, but that doesn't seem to be my prayer. But you see, this oppression, it got too much for the Israels. It were okay for a while. The Israelites living under this impression, it went on for so long, and then finally they've cried out in verse 10. And I love God's reply. Love it. Let's see how big your gods are now. Let them deliver you. See the things that you've worshipped. Let them get deliver you. What, you didn't want to choose me and you chose them things? See them get you out of this scrape. I love that reply. Love that reply. It reminds me of my mother so much, that's why. We had a famous saying in my house growing up. Those who don't listen must feel. If he didn't listen to my mum, two things would happen. She'd have to give you a good whack or she'd let the consequences of your own actions burn you. And then she'd say, then I'd come home crying. Oh, come crying to me. You wanted to do that, go back to it. See how you like it. See if that works for you. And the humiliation and the defeat knowing that my mum were right, knowing that God's right, God, you are right. I can't turn to them things I worship because not one of them things can deliver me. Nothing can save me but you. In fact, them things oppress me. Lord, let me come back to you. Jesus, let me come back to you. Only Jesus himself can save alone. Nothing will save you from the pit of oppression, slavery and sin, or death but Jesus. 
call out to other gods for salvation and listen intently, silent for eternity because not one of them can answer yes. But you call out to Jesus Christ and you will hear the words, it is finished, coming from the cross where he dealt with oppression and sin, ransomed you and saved you. I have saved you, cries the Lord from the cross. And from those repentant lips of the Israelites, in verse 15, to all those repentant lips that have chosen Christ through the ages, and my lips that repent from my sin again, please deliver me from this evil. But something must happen first. Verse 16. You've got to put away them idols. You've got to put away them worshipping other gods. You've got to put them away. God will not share centre stage with anybody. The stage is his. He built the stage. He's going to take the stage down. Only him can stand on it. He won't share it with nobody. Boy, do I have to put my idols away. The church has to put its idols away. And worship Christ. What happens though? The Ammonites weren't happy. Oh, they weren't happy. The conquest, the ones that ruled over, the ones that enslaved. You, you're going to rebel against us. You're going to choose Yahweh. They weren't going to stand back. They're not going to lose their bounty. You see, they're making a living out of the fruits of the land. They're taking the wealth from the Israelites. They're using the Israelites as slave labour. Ammonites are not going to let Israel go without a fight. No way. And trust me, your sin is not going to let you go without a fight. Your evil desires and lusts with mine is not going to let us go without a fight. It can only live in us. We put Christ in there. It's gone. Don't want to go. It wants the bounty. It wants your life. It wants my life. Our sin is going to fight tooth and nail to keep hold of us. And not let Jesus in. Your old self does not want to let some God come and rule you and be your master. And it will do anything to get you back. It will present you with an opportunity for adultery. Do you know, I could not get a date for five years. I get to date, start seeing a girl, within 24 hours, another date pops up. Like, you just couldn't believe it. I was like, this is just ridiculous. But I know what's happened. I know what's happened. I haven't turned good looking overnight, I know that for a fact. <laughs> but what I have done, 
is that my desire for self-confidence, self-worth and lust. I said, whoa, I'm not giving up. I'm going to present you with an opportunity to, so I can keep living in your life. It will present a, an opportunity for you to gain wealth. Not right. A little quick book here. A little thing here. A little money that you don't have to declare to the tax man. A Never had no money before. But you give your life to Jesus, your sin's going to put up a fight. I'll do something great. And this is mine. This is my, my, my real big one. It's all right. Just watch TV for the rest of the day. I've sit back, lounge, be lazy. Don't do all. Don't. Definitely don't read your Bible. You must be joking. Then you'll miss my pull on in an hour. Okay, what? And my sin. My laziness, just like that. Oh, brilliant. I'm winning this battle today. It'll give you apathy for the poor. For other religions, for people in general. For the rich. Anyone that you want to have a bone to pick with. Your sin will give you an excuse. It'll find a way to look down on somebody, to not want to reach him with the gospel, to make you hate and divide. Your sin's not going to give up without a fight. Whatever it can do, whatever it will use, it won't give up until it's taken Christ away. But God, but God delivers. God rescues and God saves. I mean, your old life comes calling. You just say, but God. He will deliver, he will save, he will rescue you from the depths of hell. Because that's what he does. He never forsakes his people. It were his people, his humanity. The ones that turn around, bend on one knee and call him Christ. He perfectly loves and never abandons. The Ammonites camp for water, Gilead. This place means witness or testimony. And this will be a testimony to the Ammonites. That there will be a victor. And it will be Jesus Christ. He will be the one true God. And sin does not have dominion over Christ. Christ defeated sin, all the principalities, and he will continue to defeat. Christ wins, won, always will win. You worship the one true God, and he is faithful. He will save a repentant heart and free you of slavery of sin. This will be my witness and testimony today. The Israelites gathered at Mizpah, which means watchtower or watch over us, or God watch over us. This is the place where Jacob and Laban made a bond of peace and a covenant to end hostility. And so we're going to do it here with God watching over us. 
This is the covenant we're making between us, a covenant of peace, and God will watch over us and make sure that keeps intact. You know, God made a covenant of peace between you and me and him. The covenant is the blood of Christ, and that stands forever, and he watch over that covenant forever. He will mind that covenant. That covenant's not going to be broken. God is always watching his people. He's going to raise up a new leader for him. And I'm not going to go into Judges 11 because that's for somebody else. But he raises up a son of a prostitute to bring peace over Israel. No one thought it would have been Jesus who would have used to save us. Not grasping equality with God, but emptying himself to the point of death. God will use the lowest in this world, the things that will look down on, for his plans and his purpose. And what's his plan and purpose? To protect those that he loves, to free them of sin, not to let sin keep bringing them back. And if you're as convicted as I am, when I turn to God of my own iniquities and sin, well then tonight, we don't go worship anything else. Tonight we take a stance and say, no, God, it's you. You are nothing. Forgive us of what we've done. Cleanse us. As you saved Israel through blood, save us again. Wash us clean, Lord, so you can shine where you deserve to shine in our hearts, in our lives, and in this community. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we cannot read your word and not be bowled over at your grace and your love and your faithfulness. And your word teaches us, Lord, them great truths. That sin's always coming and knocking, but you're always there answering. Lord, we thank you for this word, Lord. We thank you for the the stories in the judges. We just we just We thank you so much for this word. We love your Bible, Lord. It reveals so much about you, Lord. But Lord let us use this and use that to bring us to, to your feet. Let us not have any more idols or worship anything else but you. Lord, bless us in this last song. Bless us in fellowship, Lord. And bless the rest of this day. Amen. Amen. Amen.